As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. That could be cash flow. That could be appreciation. That could be privacy. It depends on what the person's looking for. And then the most important element is without a doubt, in my experience, the team. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Billy Keels. Billy, how are you doing today? Theo, I'm doing fantastic and really looking forward to today's conversation. Yes, me too. And thank you for joining us today. A little bit about Billy. He's a full-time application software sales executive. He bought his first rental in June of 2013, and his portfolio now consists of 361 doors, as well as ATM machines. He is based in Barcelona, Spain, and his website is billykeels.com, B-I-L-L-Y-K-E-E-L-S.com. So Billy, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure, Theo. You highlighted a couple of things there, and I guess very typical software sales executive. I've done leadership as well in the software sales arena, and I've been living in Europe for the last 19 years, actually. Didn't ever plan on doing that. And when I was here, I was fortunate enough to, well, enjoyed three different countries. I lived in France, I lived in Italy, and most recently in Spain. And I guess one of the reasons, aside from working in large multinational enterprise-leading software type of companies... I had some experiences that were not so nice in the stock market. It crashed in 2000, and then the same thing happened in 2008. So one of the things my parents always told me, if something happens once, it's a kind of shame on them. If it happens twice, shame on you. So it was at that point in 2008 that I started really looking for some new alternatives. And that's when a couple of years later, I actually found real estate. And I was one of those people who was just very much wanted to continue to climb the corporate ladder. I was doing everything to get the next raise, to get the next promotion. And as I went through that, I started realizing that I was going around and around and around in circles. And I remember one morning in October that my oldest son was turning three. And I remember getting on a plane that morning. I was supposed to go to Germany. And when I flew to Germany, I thought, well, something's not right. I've been doing all this work. I wanted to do all these things so that I could spend more time with my family. And I was flying away on my son's third birthday. So that's when I really started focusing on how I could take more control of my financial life is what I was thinking about then. And that's how I started getting into real estate. Thought that I was going to buy real estate here in Spain because I read this little purple book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it kind of changed my life. And one thing led to the next. And as a U.S. citizen who was living abroad, someone said to me one day, well, why don't you buy property back in the United States? I thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. But after listening to a couple of people and doing my own research, that's exactly what I decided to do. So that's how I got into real estate. That is what I'm enjoying and now really having real estate as a vehicle that can help myself and now even other investors that are alongside me uh, get closer to our goals and our dreams so that we can really live the life that we want to. Thank you for sharing that. So those 361 doors, are those all in the U.S.? 100% in the United States. They are, Theo. Okay. And then can you maybe give us a breakdown of what those doors are? Are those single family houses that you bought by yourself? Are you raising money for larger apartment deals? What's that portfolio and what's your main focus now? 
Yep. Love that question. So what I have today is a mixture. So there are properties that I actually own for my company. I should say 100% my company owns. And then I also found out because I didn't really know that you could invest with and through other people's syndications. So I've done a mixture of the two of those to get to the 361 doors as well as the ATM. So I've actually done active as well as passive investing. And as it relates to where I'm going now, even though I'm working in a very large multinational, my focus is really on building out the syndication and part of the business to be able to do that and do that in a way that is done full time. Because one of the things I really love, Theo, that I found is I can use a lot of the same skill set that I've been building in the multinational. And I can do that to actually bring value to people that I know and that know, like, and trust me. And that is something that's given me a lot of emotional satisfaction and fulfillment. And that is definitely where my heart and my mind is moving me is to add more value in that way as someone who is able to syndicate different types of opportunities. So just to confirm, your company owns a portion of those and then another portion of those are you passively invested into other deals? And then moving forward, you want to start transitioning into raising money from other people for your own deals. Absolutely correct. So what would you say is the number one thing you've learned or the number one piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to invest while not living in that country? This is one of the things I really like to focus on a lot and have been focusing on a lot lately and and speaking to people and and doing a lot of that even on my podcast, but it's really is about helping people to understand that whether you're tens of thousands of kilometers away or you are 30 kilometers or 30 miles away from a property and it's not in your backyard, at the end of the day, when you want to be able to scale and sleep well at night, it comes down to making sure that you understand why you want to invest in something, right? Whatever that something is. And then when you're doing it, if you want to scale, it's make sure that you're in the location that's going to provide you what it is that you're looking for. That could be cash flow, that could be appreciation, that could be privacy, depends on what the person's looking for. And then the most important element is without a doubt, in my experience, the team. Make sure that you understand the team, make sure that you understand the track record of the team, understand what they're very good at, understand where maybe they need to rely on others to kind of complement what they're doing. But I would say without a doubt, especially if you're looking to place capital or even if it's your own team, is to make sure that you have a very, very strong team. Let's talk about ATMs. How does investing in ATM work? This is one of the things that I found out as a passive investor. And so I guess when you're really busy and you're in the multinational and you're thinking to yourself, well, you've got to bet on the stock market and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And one day you, it looks like you've got a lot of money because it's on paper. And then three days later, something's happened or someone's said something or done something and you're in the hole again. So one of the things that attracted me to ATMs, or at least the ones that I've invested in passively is it provided a very predictable stream of income. And there was a portion of my portfolio that I needed to just provide very predictable streams of income. So building on relationships, understanding, getting to know more about the person who was syndicating, as well as the team that was delivering their track record, how many successful ventures they'd done. It was something that made sense for me because as I mentioned, I was looking for a portion of my portfolio to provide very predictable streams of income. ATMs are a real asset at the end of the day. It's a real asset play. And it's something that everybody understands. You walk up to an ATM machine, you take money out, 
And when you take money out, you typically see at the bottom, there's a little transaction fee. So there is a portion of that transaction fee that goes to the person that owns the machine. There's a portion that goes to the person that's renting it in the space, wherever restaurant or whatever place you're in, and then to the investor. So it was something that really made sense. It was really simple and it fit into what I wanted that part of my portfolio to do. Can you maybe walk us through an example of one of your ATM investments? So how you found the actual team that owned the ATM and then what the compensation to you looks like. You don't have to get specific if you don't want to, but I'm just trying to understand how much money I can make investing in ATMs and then how do I find these ATM deals? So just explaining kind of how it works, the mechanics behind it, is that right? I'm more thinking, how do I find these people and then how much money will I make? Perfect, love that. So it's much like most things. You have to be in the right place at the right time and you need to be able to find the people. So you're asking the right questions. So I'm sure people will want to know how do you find out more about ATM machines? And as I mentioned, so I've done this passively. One of the things that I think is really important, Theo, is to continuously go out and look to build relationships. I know it's something that you believe a lot in as well. And I have done that not only living in Spain, you meet a lot of people and you're doing things remotely in Zoom or Skype or Teams or whatever the case may be. But I actually spend a lot of time where I invest my own capital to fly back to the United States. So going to a number of events in the United States was able to meet people. And a lot of times in a lot of these different events, there are people that have certain types of opportunities. There can be self-storage. It can be multifamily. It can be ATM. I didn't know much about ATM, but it was something just like you're asking the question now. I was like, okay, well, let me find out a little bit more about this. I don't have any idea about it. So through a number of different relationships and getting to meet people over the span of a year, I was able to find out specifically about the ATM opportunity. So having taken action, gone to the U.S., met someone at an event. When I was there at the event, we had a conversation then offline. I had a chance to meet them offline back in the United States and then found out more about the specific ATM opportunity. And basically the way that the ATM works, and this was different for different people, but this specific ATM works is you put a certain amount of money. This is typically for accredited investors. I believe it's accredited investors only, this particular one, but you place your capital, your capital, you have a seven-year lease on the ATMs. For the use of your capital during seven-year period, you get a predictable stream of income every single month. So every single month for the use of your capital, for a period of seven years, you get the exact same amount of capital that you can see from now until seven years from now, which going back, it's really about being able to build relationships, meet people, ask the right questions and find out about the opportunity that was done offline. We went online and eventually offline. And it was something that made sense for me and that specific portion of capital in my portfolio. So hopefully that is clear how we made the relationship, built the relationship, and also the way that this particular ATM works. Something else I'm going to ask you too, we talked about before you were in real estate, you were doing the stock market and how the values kind of fluctuate, not really in control. And so you knew that you needed to transition into something else that gave you more control. But it sounds like you're kind of investing your money into your active business. You're investing money passively into real estate. You're investing money passively into ATMs. How do you decide what portion of your money goes into what? Or maybe a different way to look at it is, am I going to invest in ATMs next? Or am I going to invest in my own deals next? Or am I going to invest in this next? Or is it kind of just as opportunities come up, how do you know what to invest in? How do you know what portion of your capital should go into what? Okay, I love that question. And I guess this is maybe just giving you a little bit more about my background and how I grew up. I grew up in a family where we didn't have lots of capital or access to capital. So one of the things that as I start to get to know myself even more, I really fell in love with 
being able to see money in the bank because that gave me a sense of security and a sense of satisfaction. So up until recently, I really was one of those people that believed just have more and more capital. And as I've continued to get educated more and more, it's about making sure that my capital is always working out. It's always on the treadmill and moving. So at the same time, I want to make sure that there is always a portion of my capital that is in the bank so that I can sleep well at night, no matter what. And then from there, it's going through a process of saying, there's a portion of my capital that I know that I want to be able to actively manage for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I want my business to continue to grow. So through that business and placing capital and building the relationships, I'm able to make sure that that capital will also get the highest financial return as well as educational return, I believe. And I have that portion of my portfolio that is an active. And then there is a lesser portion of my portfolio that I know that I don't want just sitting in the bank field because that's something that I did for a really long time. And I realized that that wasn't it. I've been in a area where I want to know more about multifamily investing. So I knew that I wanted to place capital in at least one or two other passive investments. So it was more about the quantity of investments in multifamily assets. I knew that I wanted to do something that was development. So I placed capital in development and then there was just additional capital. So the ATM play was really the wild card that went beyond the multifamily and went beyond development. So it wasn't any more sophisticated than that, but I knew that more than anything, that there was a portion of my capital that I just wanted to be in the bank so that I could sleep well at night. The other portions of my capital were specifically there to be able to invest a larger portion for direct investment to build out my business. And then the others were to gain more experience and have that capital working. And then really quickly, you don't have to give me exact numbers, but you've got 100% of your money. What percent of that security blanket, what percent is being actively managed? What percent is being passively invested? If you had to just kind of give me ballpark percentages. For me, it's 15% that is just sitting there that I know just needs to be there to help keep me fine in the evening. And then there's going to be about another 45, call it 50% that is actively for my business and another 35% that is moving or investing through and with other people. All right, Billy, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? So one of the things I believe is that you need to surround yourself with the right team of people that are where you want to be so that it can always inspire you. And most importantly is need to take action and take action before you're ready. Don't be like I was many years ago and I'm still fighting through this as a recovering perfectionist. So don't wait for things to be perfect before you get started or you will lose so much time. And time is really what is the most important thing. So start before you're ready, I guess is probably the best thing. All right, Billy, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am, let's go. Perfect, a first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking to earn passive income through turnkey rental properties? If so, then go check out hipsterinvestments.com. Allie Boone's the founder of Hipster Investments. It's a aesthetically pleasing website, and you'll know what I mean when you go check it out. I just love the color palette. In addition to that, though... Allie has some wonderful content on both passive investing through turnkey rental properties as well as how to design your life. Go to hipsterinvestments.com.
Okay, Billy. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you'll see the beautiful bookshelves behind him. So what is the best ever book you've recently read? Wow, the best ever book I recently read. It's one that I talk about a lot. It's called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And I say recently read because I'm rereading it again by G. Edward Griffin. It's just amazing if you really want to understand what is happening, how the money system works. Debt is the creature from Jekyll Island. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? The first thing that I would do is, number one, make sure that I have a clear plan and reach out to my network. If you've lost money on a deal before, how much money did you lose and what lesson did you learn? Wow. So I definitely have lost money on a deal. The one that has been the most painful is I lost $25,000 because I did not take the time to read a home inspection. Feel I got the home inspection done, but once I got the home inspection done, I didn't read it and really understand it. I just felt good because I got it and it cost me $25,000 on some roof issues. And so the lesson is if you're going to take the time to get the inspections, make sure that you or somebody on your team understands what the potential risks are. And that cost me $25,000 about seven months into owning the property. What about the best ever deal you've done? Without a doubt is my company purchased a mobile home park in the Charlotte MSA. Without a doubt, it was the best opportunity, primarily because it was one where the owner, he was really skeptical of owner financing. And once he understood, because myself and the broker, we really spent time helping him to understand the advantages for him from a taxation perspective. He got his accountant involved and it was something that really worked out well for him and also worked out for my company as well. So that was without a doubt the best ever opportunity. What is the best ever way you like to give back? Really two ways. Number one is there's something that we do every year where we actually donate capital to a local children's school just outside of Barcelona. At the same time, I also love spending time helping people to understand, especially really busy six-figure salary employees, to understand more about finances and by playing cash flow 101. One of my favorite things to give back. So we have a few more minutes. There's one thing I wanted to ask. I wanted to make sure I had enough time. So you do work full-time as a application software sales executive. And then you've got half of your money in your active real estate business, buying mobile home parks and rental properties. You're passively investing. When are you doing the real estate aspect of your business? Like, do you have a job that allows you to do it during the day? Are you waking up really early? Are you doing it at night, only on weekends? How does that work? Yeah. Great question. So one of the things that I've been very blessed with is that I sleep very little. So I love and I like to share on the different social media platforms as well. I like to wake up in the morning. I don't have an alarm clock or anything like that, but I'm usually up somewhere between 4.30 and 5.30. For here where I live, that's really, really early. So I go through meditation, reading in the morning, getting things done, and then I can focus on my business before my boys wake up and get ready for school. So between about 4.35 until 8 o'clock, I really have time to focus on myself, on getting my energy right, and also looking at the business. Then I'm working typically from about nine until six or so. And then afterwards, I like to spend some time with my boys. Doesn't always happen every single time, but I do like to get some quality time with them. And then typically once I have dinner, I'm going back and I'm working on building relationships. I'm on the phone or specifically looking at the properties. And then I'm in bed somewhere around 11, 30, 12. So I don't sleep very much. And I try to maximize every single minute that I can between family on my own business and definitely with a company where I'm working, where I continue to, to overachieve against the objectives. Thank you for breaking that down for us. I appreciate that. I've always wanted to try the getting up early, but I definitely cannot survive off of that little sleep. But it may be something you just kind of get used to. The last question is what's the best ever place to reach you? 
Yeah, that's a place to reach me is basically on my website, which is billykills.com, which you talked about before. If anyone wants to learn really more about long distance investing, some of the things that you can avoid in a lot of the mistakes that I made, you can also go to billykills.com forward slash seven mistakes to avoid. And we'll be in touch. I'll get you a PDF so you can avoid the mistakes that I made. Perfect, Billy. Well, thank you for joining us. A lot of solid info, I think, in this interview. Really, we kind of focus a lot on kind of two things. Number one is how do you do your full-time job and invest at the same time for you if you don't sleep a lot. <laughs> for other people, it's obviously working in the morning, working at night, working on weekends. And then in the actual investment arena, we talked about diversification and the balance between the different types of ways you can invest and then the benefits of each of those different types. You talked about you've got your money that kind of just sits there for security and you got the money that you actively manage for your financial reasons, but also for educational reasons, passive investing, kind of same things like, okay, well, I might be interested in doing this type of thing in the future. So rather than just doing it for a year, you can just passively invest in a deal and see what it's like. So I really appreciate you talking about that. And then you also went into a lot of specifics on investing in ATM, which I thought was very fascinating. So Billy, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Best of so as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we will talk to you tomorrow.